Hey guys, we're here with the Shift Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm here with Bree today and my name is Bailey. So just a little background on me. I actually graduated just this last May with a degree in dietetics, um, but I am now working as a campus minister. Um, So yeah, I have a husband and a little puppy and I also have a baby on the way. So that's just a little bit about me. Bree, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, my name's Bree. Um, I only I'm student for only a few more weeks because I am graduating in December. Boop boop. Yep, with a degree in animal science, and the goal is to just do a career in veterinary medicine, and I'm very excited. Great. Yes. Well, thanks so much for just being here today with me, Bree. I'm really excited. Um, today we are talking about something really fun, um, sex. Mm, so this will actually be part one of a series on sex that we're going to be doing. Um, so keep your eye out for that, but yeah, how are you feeling, Bree? Uh, it's, it's a feeling. Um, (laughs) I mean, when they first asked me, like, they asked me like what, if I want to be interviewed, what I was passionate about, like it, I almost like, what am I? And then the word sex came up and I was like, dang, like I, God pushed me. Um, and I was hesitant at first because sometimes it can be such a hard topic to talk about. But as I wrote out, you know, this testament in practice, I was like, wow, this is actually so powerful. And I'm very excited to share with you guys. Great. Yes. I've heard a little bit of your testimony already. Um, so I'm excited just to hear a little bit more about what you have to share, but yeah, I'm really excited. I know that you had some like powerful moments with God um, mm-hmm. throughout the last couple of years and just like really came to some awesome revelations about God and sex. Um, so yeah, as we get started here, what was your opinions on sex growing up? What was your background? Yeah, growing up, um, I didn't come from a really religious background. Um, if I'd asked my parents what religion we were, they would say we were Christians, but I didn't really know what that meant. Like now that I see like how the lifestyle is like it was nothing like that like my family didn't go to church we didn't follow anything my friend group wasn't so my opinion on sex was really just that it was a thing like I was a hopeless romantic growing up so you know I knew sex I wanted to be special um but I knew that I was most likely gonna have it before marriage because I was like well why not like I don't have any other reason to wait um Mm -hmm. so it also just wasn't talked about very much Growing up, um, I knew about it, but I didn't know that much about it. I just wasn't exposed to it at all. Yeah, I think um, you saying that, that you didn't come from a religious home. Um, I grew up, both my parents had relationship with God, and I, from a very young age, had a relationship with God. And if it would surprise you, um, it was not talked about much in my family either. (laughs) So I think that that's just like a common cultural problem. Um, And hopefully something, man, we can change for the next generation. Yeah. so from what I remember of your testimony, um, you did begin, um, you did become sexually active as you entered into college. Uh, what were your thoughts as that started and what were like the influences that brought you there? Yeah. Um, college is definitely when I started. I just remember like in high school, I just wasn't exposed to it. So like, it just wasn't a thing. So when I got to college, like there were many new things, um, living in the dorms, uh, they were co-ed. So I was just exposed to a lot. Um, I started drinking pretty fast, um, and I was surrounded myself with some friends, like girls that had sex, like they drank 
And so they just pretty quickly became like my influence for doing new things. Um, and so I started like in the next weeks of like the first weeks of college, like I started drinking, I kissed boys and that turned into making out and that turned into sleeping over in someone's dorm room, which just led to this like need to be more intimate with guys. Um, and so that just started like kind of like a landslide. I just started getting more and more um, until one day I had found myself, I, one of my friends introduced me to a mutual friend, um, who was a junior. And so there was like that, like, Ooh, like he's older kind of thing, Mm -hmm. um, which was interesting. Um, and then I hung out with him, like it was pretty intimate. And I was like, well, like I've been doing this with some other guys. So like, there's nothing really different here. Um, didn't see any of the red flags. And so the next time he, we hung out, it was alone in my dorm room to watch a movie. And I like I was clear with my friends and with this guy beforehand that like my boundary was I was not going to have sex. Like I did not want to have sex. Um, I was that was my boundary and I was clear on that. I told the guy before he came over, I was like, we're not having sex. Um, and he said, OK. And then we watched the movie. Um, and then really, it just like after the movie, it just kind of like that's kind of where like things I could just feel the shift. Um, and he started to just get more persistent and more handsy. Um, and so it quickly just started leading to another, like kind of what we describe sometimes as like being in the heat of the moment, like things just kept getting more and more intense. And I just reached this point where I was like, crap, like what, what, what is happening? What can I do? Um, you know, and things just kept going further and further clothes were coming off. And I was like, oh no. And then for what felt like the hundredth time of him, like asking me to have sex, like, even though I'd clearly stated, like, that was not what I wanted to do. That was not my intention. I felt like at, there was a certain point where he wasn't going to stop. So I felt like the only thing I could do was say yes. Um, so I felt peer pressured into saying, okay, like move on. Um, and so he did, it was very fast. Like we, he had sex with me and I remember hating it. I remember not wanting to do I remember regretting just like saying okay and wishing I could have taken it back but it happened um and I just it hurt I hated it um and then it wasn't long before I was like okay like this needs to stop stop and he didn't like it was about a good 30 seconds to a minute where like he wasn't stopping and I was like crap and so finally I think the panic just reached my voice altogether Mm -hmm. and he finally stopped um and I very quickly was like leave like please like leave um honestly didn't speak to him for a while after that because you know I I was just being used in that sense um and I remember thinking that well it wasn't right because I had said yes like I had said yes so there was no way I would win in any situation like nothing would happen so I put the night into a box locked it up and didn't bring it up again um so when all my friends came back into town and they were like oh what'd you do over the weekend and like it came up that I had had sex like I just let them believe that it was what I had wanted. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, I was devastated. I remember just feeling so empty and like, I felt like I needed to lie and I felt broken. And then after that, I was like, well, I had sex. Like I can't take it back. Like my virginity was taken. Like there's nothing I can do about it. And so that really just influenced me. That I was like, well, I may as well just have more sex. Like I already had sex. I may as well just keep going to it because I had found like, in a way I like, I still craved that intimacy Um, and so throughout the rest of the year that I was there at college, like I did have sex with, um, more guys and I started to just find like 
just that craving of being seen and getting the attention from them. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. First of all, for just sharing your story. Um, yeah, my heart just goes out to like men and women, um, just everywhere who have had similar experiences. I know this isn't the first time I've heard a story like this. It's probably the a thousandth time I've heard a story really similar to yours. So I know that this is probably hitting home with some people right now. Um, so just thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful that you're able to come here and just like be vulnerable and open about it. Um, and as you were speaking, I was just thinking like about you kept saying you desired that continual intimacy. And I was just reminded of a verse in Ecclesiastes uh, 4.11 that says, again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And I think it's important just before we get any further to like acknowledge that intimacy is a natural and good desire that God has put within us. Um, not only like intimacy with God himself and a deep relationship with him, but even with others. Um, so I think like a lot of us experience that desire to have the relationship. We just don't know how to express it healthy and how Mm to make it happen in a healthy way. Um, so I think a lot of us have been like led down that path, especially when sex is our first really intimate encounter. Um, of just thinking this is the solution, like a sexual relationship is the solution. So yeah, just thank you so much for sharing that. Um, man, so now that you're here, like, and you've had these experiences, how did your opinions on sex change? And can you just walk me through like the process of that? Yeah, um, definitely when I left Colorado, Um, I still didn't know Jesus, but when I came to Kansas, like I very quickly encountered, um, God, it was my first day of school really that he just led me to a community here at K-State where I just found other believers and they just like helped me like really grow a relationship with God. And so getting that relationship with him and learning so much about the Bible and his way of life that I was like, wow, like what really is like sex really and like what like why did I need to do it um and so there was a lot of shame like I remember coming and just being like man like I'm such a sinner like I've done all these dirty things like no one's really gonna want me um and I remember confessing to some of the girls that were just like helping me walk through my relationship with God and I confessed that I'd had sex in the past and they were like you know what some of us have too like it's okay like God's forgiven us and he will forgive you too and I remember like just like a weight off my shoulders being like, wow, like other people have also experienced this. Like I'm not the only one and God's going to forgive me too. Um, and then, so that just kind of led me down. Like, just like it took me further in my relationship with God where he was like, well, do you need to have sex? And I was like, well, I guess not like, but don't, that's how I feel for fulfilled. Um, he's like, well, what, why does that fulfill you? And I'm like, well, because I'm getting like the attention from guys like and that's making me feel good like it makes me feel good that I'm wanted and I'm needed and he's like well why do you need to feel needed like and I was like oh well like I just that's from my past like I just that's how I feel needed um and God was like I was like that's just what I find my identity I'm like I'm finding like who I am through this attention and God was like well I have a different identity for you Mm -hmm. and that was just like well, what is it? Like, you know, like I was so excited to kind of like hear that there, God had a 
identity for me that wasn't having sex and it through guys. Um, and so that just really like took me through, like, I guess I don't need that. And then really God started to show me like how he could fulfill those needs. Mm. And that's kind of just like where everything changed for me. Like sex. Like I was like, I don't need sex. Like even attention. I was like, that's not what I need. Like I just need God. Yeah. That's so good. I love that dialogue you had with God where you went back and forth and he's just like asking us questions and prodding and we give all these answers that we think it's just like what we know. Right. And sometimes we just don't know any better. Um, and then finally he gets us to this point where he's like, here's what I have for you. And I love that light bulb moment where you're like, oh yeah, I wasn't even desiring sex. Like mm-hmm. I was just desiring to be wanted, desiring to be seen, desiring my identity. Um, and also I was just thinking as you were talking about sharing with your friends, um, I was reminded of first John one, nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, and I was just thinking about that verse as you shared that story of confession, because man, it was like you shared and something broke in the moment. And there, I think you said a weight was lifted off your shoulders. Like, yeah, that's the power of confession. Um, it may seem scary, Mm -hmm. but then the second it happens, like God is there ready with forgiveness and, um, shame just kind of falls off of us. So that was really cool story um, about you confessing with your friends. Um, can you speak a little bit more about just like finding your identity in Christ and, um, how he brought that about as you walked away from this identity rooted in sex and like male attention? Yeah. Um, I mean, it definitely wasn't easy. Um, when I came here to K-State, I was still struggling with a relationship that I had had in Colorado. And I was still kind of at that mindset, like really early on in my faith where I was like, well, I really do want to devote my life to Christ and I want to live out this way, but I've had sex. Like, I don't think I can wait till marriage. Mm. Like at first, like I was like, that's crazy. Like, I just don't think I could do that. And then I had that dialogue with God and he showed me that like, Hey, like your identity is not this. Like I have something better for you. Something that's going to just like bring a lot of like power to like other people. And it's really going to empower you. Um, and through that, like it was a process. It took me like really getting into a community, the community here and just being honest and like having them keep me accountable, um, for dealing with that. Cause it took me a while to stop looking for my attention in guys. And they were able to call me out and keep me accountable And God just started showing me through the community I had and through like my work and just like as my faith deepened with him, I was able to really see that like, wow, like I don't need someone else. Like I don't need someone else's opinion for who I am. Like Mm. God has called me to be a powerful person. God has called me to be Brie. And like that really just like knowing that my identity was myself and I didn't need someone else's opinion that like that would change that like it was all about who God said I was Mm. um just really changed everything and it was a process but it just it reminds me of a verse in Psalm 94 18 when I said my foot is slipping your unfailing love Lord supported me and it's so true like every time like I thought that I was like dang like I actually I need attention like I was like no like Mm. he just reminded me of what the attention he gives me and like I was like wow my needs are actually fulfilled by your love, by reading scripture. 
and by living out and, you know, talking to other people about God. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said like God told you you were powerful because, um, man, that's like the key Mm -hmm. is that in everything we do in our lives, we are powerful. Um, and that's like an identity straight from God, the creator, Um, so there's no running away from that one. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really great. That's awesome that he spoke that over your life. Um, and you were able to, I think when we realize the power that God's given us, it's becomes less of like this boxing match with our sin and like our temptations. Um, but man, we can just walk up to them and like trample over them or, you know, or unchain ourselves from them. And when we really start to stand in that powerful nature. Um, so yeah, you talked a little bit about the community. Um, how has that community, can you share a little bit more how that community has really influenced, like you're walking out and, um, just your future expectations of sex? Yeah. For the community, it was really like, I think the biggest part was just being able to confess to them and just like that open space to just like, I trusted them and I knew that, you know, they wouldn't like shame me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was really good. And then just like having them just walk with me, um, being discipled and having someone walk through me, like live life with me, like keep me accountable for these things was just so impactful because God can tell me these things and we can have that dialogue, but it takes like talking to someone else and like having them keep me accountable. Um, because it is such sometimes like those desires can be so like a fleshly thing that someone else has to be there and like to help keep you accountable so having the community like is definitely somewhere where it like really helped me grow and my identity just in just like as myself and like just being with this group of people and just like sharing God's kingdom I think the community just really like helped empower me through that and keep me accountable and help me walk through my past and help me grow yeah yeah that's so good and I think when we confess, um, like sometimes these, I mean, you were confessing things that had really been a big point of shame in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that as we confess, especially to like one or two trusted friends, like it doesn't even have to be to everyone, you know? Mm -mm. Um, and especially like women confessing to women and men confessing to men. And now it's cool. Like you came from confessing to one or two trusted female friends that you had, and you're here talking about on a podcast because like you have the freedom to share it as a testimony now. Um, so that's so powerful. Um, how that confession grows always, like it never stays just for ourselves. Like God uses that to impact other Mm -hmm. people's lives. Um, as we share, so yeah, what you mentioned that um, that community and the confession has helped you. Do you have any like future expectations now of sex or like hopes and desires with your future husband? Yeah, I mean like it's definitely like I definitely thought like and some people might be like, well, aren't you going to miss it? And like, I guess, but like not really like I don't think of it as some like thing now like I look at it as such like more of a gift and it's not just something like. I think it's going to be so much more of a treasure and so much more of a gift, like with my husband, like we Mm -hmm. don't need to get like, you know, we're going to build a relationship and grow and we don't need to have that intimate thing at such a sex, like in our relationship. So like Mm -hmm. our relationship will be 
so much more powerful because like there's not that there's not sex like being that string for us like and so my future expectations like I just like I look forward to you know the man that God has called to be my future husband and I just hope that you know he loves the Lord as much as I do and that he looks forward to setting like healthy boundaries with me in our relationship Mm -hmm. and then also just wants to wait until we're married to have sex and just like yeah I look I look forward to the man that God has called to be my future husband and yeah. what sex can be after marriage. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. The husband should give to give to his wife her con oh, I wrote that. Yes, the husband should give to his wife his conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband. Um, so really quick, conjugal rights. Uh, the rights to your body. (laughs) So for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of Mm. self-control. And man, just thinking about you talking about a future relationship um, with a husband who honors you in that way. I'm reminded of when me and my husband were dating um, and we started dating at the prime age of 16. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did start sexual relationships um, very early on um, and about for the first like two and a half years of a relationship, um, we were having sex. And I remember like there was a moment when I got to college that I was really convicted um, and he was too and people in our lives were like speaking into our lives and really encouraging us and we decided that we were going to stop um, and I remember for a month or so I was like I do not love this man anymore because I had really like put so much of our relationship and our intimacy into sex Um, and you mentioned like, you don't want sex to be the string that holds your whole relationship together. Mm -hmm. But really for us, that was where it was at. We were at that point. Um, and it was a hard month or so, um, questioning (laughs) if the man who I thought I was going to marry, if I even loved him anymore. But once I got through that, it was like our intimacy and even just our friendship just skyrocketed. Um, and that would be my hope for all women and men is to like, get to experience that intimate relationship um without sex like and what a foundation that is you go into your marriage just as like best friends and with an intimacy that's like just sex could never match that intimacy Mm -hmm. the emotional intimacy um it is definitely a gift um and I just even remember going into marriage like last year I had this weird chronic illness going on for a little bit and I remember telling Michael, my husband, like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have sex like for the next month or two. I'm, I was just in pain 24 hours a day pretty much um, and always exhausted and it was just an immediate and loving response of, okay, like that's fine um, because we hadn't built our relationship on the altar of sex it was built on like the intimacy we already shared and our relationship with God. Um, so it wasn't a big deal at all. And then when we came back together, like when I um, did start to overcome my physical sickness, it was just even more meaningful and um, more intimate than ever before. So yeah, I just, I think I'm so excited for you and whoever your future <laughs> husband is. 
Um, yeah, and I know that God really does have so much in store for us. Like if we can get the greater picture. Um, so now what advice would you give to single people out there who are feeling pressure to have sexual relationships currently? And just what are the things you wish you knew? There's just, there's so much. Um, definitely the best part about this was just like, I learned a lot from writing this and just doing this that looking back, like, obviously I wish I knew the Lord. Um, but you know, I just wish that I had been kind of like, I guess, exposed to sex more. And like, I wish that it was talked about a lot more. Cause then like, it wouldn't have seemed so like in a way intriguing. Um, but I just like, I wish I just known what to look for, what signs to watch out for. And just know that, you know, like I wasn't just because I had lost my virginity that I wasn't, you know, broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And my advice is really is just like, if you have had sex, like you're not broken, like you're not dirty. I know that was a word that I used that I just don't ever call yourself that because that's not, God would never call you that. Um, And I just really encourage you that if you are having sex, like just tell someone, like confess that um, and just know that it's not going to be perfect you know, like you still may struggle, you may slip up time to time, but as long as you're keeping like your goal on God and like he's still who you're seeking, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's going to be worth it in the end and he's going to forgive you. There's nothing that he's not going to forgive you for. Mm -hmm. Um, so just knowing that and just knowing that like, it's okay. Like you can trust people around you. You can be open. Um, and really just don't blame yourself. Like it's okay. Like, I wish someone had told me, like, hey, like, it's okay. Mm. Um, I think yeah. that's something I definitely really had wanted to hear. Um, and then, like, when you are, like, really, like, getting out of that, really just know, like, the path isn't always easy. Like, I still struggled. Like, you know, I still, like, struggle with it. But it's it's a path that it's worth it, so worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just don't be ashamed, like, my shame, like, I'm not ashamed anymore just because, like, now, look at me now, like, I am, like, sh- this is a testimony now that God has given me to share and help other people through yeah. this. Um, So just know that you are so much more valuable than what people will say about you, too. Like, don't let other people's opinions get in the way just because they can't tell you that you can be a born-again virgin. You know what? Tell them that. You know what? I'm waiting till marriage. <laughs> like, yes, that is what, like, so good. if your family members, if your friends from your are being, like, well, you know, you already did have sex, be like, yeah. And look at me now, like now I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and just know that God's going to meet those needs for you, that you, it may not seem like it, but he will meet those needs that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, that's so true, man. Like, um, I'm thinking about when you were talking about just the shame and don't let yourself just like fall into that trap. Um, I was thinking about 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality because every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Um, And as I read that, I'm like, wow, we just, there's something about sexual sin that we just internalize it. Um and we just let it consume us from the inside mm-hmm. out. Um, and thinking even back on my dating relationship with my husband, it was like every other sin I committed was so much easier in my personal, um, like in my heart to receive um, 
forgiveness from, but there was something about the sexual sin that I just held on to. Yeah. And that's definitely our flesh. Like I'm not saying that God is smiting us greater <laughs> because of our sexual sin. Um, but man, yeah, our bodies and our minds and our hearts really tell us that this is the worst, most shameful thing you could have done. Um, but man, God has freedom for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he has a bright hope in a future. It's more than just freedom, like it's renewing. So thank you so much, Brie, for just sharing yeah. all of your testimony. <laughs> and again, for being real. You just laid it out there today. Um, yeah, it was great. Be real. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we are so thankful that you tuned in today. Um, and we'll see you again on the shift podcast. And again, watch out for the, um, continuing sex series that we will be having, uh, that we will be have coming out. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's definitely something to look forward to. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.